All right, all right, all right. You're listening to issue number 25 of the Sunspots Comics podcast. I'm your host, Chris Latore. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Sunspots Comics. And if you haven't already, hit us up with a five-star review and a little short blurb on iTunes, if you would. We'd really appreciate it. It helps spread the love, share the wealth, bring the joy to the masses. Anyway. (laughs) So... This issue is jam-packed. We got some good stuff, some feel-good factoid freebies, some Spider-Sense tingling stories, Back to the Future Day happened. I've got four top comics that I picked this week, four favorites that I really enjoyed out of 14. And we're just going to jump right in today and just get into the mailbag right off the bat. We have a nice little story here from Nancy. And Nancy's written into the story before, so hello, Nancy. Thanks for writing in again. And she actually wrote something kind of interesting right here. Check this out. She writes in, Hi, Chris. It's Nancy. And my boyfriend and I are going to our first Comic-Con, Kamikaze Expo on Halloween. I'm super excited. I want some tips and advice. I'm ready to take on my first con. Anything that you wish you... Anything that you wish you knew when you first... When you went to your first con... (laughs) I am also, like I said before, still new to comics. I have no idea how to start up conversations with artists. I have looked up all the artists that are supposed to be at the expo and wrote down little notes on what they are known for. Okay, thank you. Any advice would be appreciated. Well, that's pretty cool. First Comic-Con. I can barely remember mine. Uh, My first Comic-Con was San Diego Comic-Con. It was in the 80s, so I was very young. I want to say I was 13, so it was probably like 1984. 485 so I vaguely remember it I just remember that it was about one fifth of the size that it is currently out in San Diego 200,000 human beings cram crammed into one place and so I did think about it Nancy and I thought about some tips and some advice so I'm just gonna read them off I wrote some notes and I'm gonna just lay it out for you and the the first part of my advice is kind of on the money-saving tip and just some sort of general smarts to be prepared because it can be exhausting. So the first thing I wrote was, number one, hydrate. Bring bottled water. Drinks there are, like, expensive. I want to say, like, eight bucks a drink, like, five bucks for a bottled water, eight for anything else because ultimately nerd excitement equals dehydration. It happens. You're not going to think about it. You're going to be having a good time. Then boom, parched and exhausted. So stay hydrated. Number two, bring snacks. Food at the Comic-Cons are usually not that good. I mean, some of the food trucks outside can be good, but also kind of pricey. Uh, You'll be surprised how like time flies and you're you're just going to get exhausted and wish you had just some pocket snacks. So bring some food bars, you know, some, some munch and run stuff. And it'll save you tons and tons of cash so you can just buy more comic books. Number three, bring a blank portfolio made of good quality artist paper stock. The last thing you want to do is ask an artist, hey, can you draw me a sketch? And then they look at your book and they're like, this is horrible. This paper is like bad. So make sure it's a you put a little money. I wouldn't buy it there. I'd buy a, a portfolio somewhere else at a, any kind of art supply store. Um, be aware some artists will charge. 
So choose wisely because some of them will charge a lot of money. And for some, some won't to do a little sketch or something, a quick little blurb, a quick little face character slash autograph in one. You'll see that often. It's like a face sketch into an autograph because it's fast and it's quick. And if you want them to really do something painstakingly beautiful, it's going to take a while. And it's going to cost you some dough. So choose wisely there. Up and coming artists will usually do a sketch for free because they're really trying to get their work out there and and they're usually looking for somebody to talk to. So those are a little easier on the approach and just look at their work and and a tip of course is there's plenty of artist booths so make sure you you spend your time wisely looking at art that really speaks to you it's easy to get caught up and sort of feel bad for some of those up-and-coming artists and you can kind of get stuck there thinking I really don't like this art but I feel bad for the person I'm gonna hang so just be careful of that uh, next number four bring a bucket of cash the ATMs that are there usually have a high fee associated. Some of the artists, up-and-comers and such, don't accept cards. So do bring some dough with you. Because nothing like paying $3.50 a pop at an ATM and then hit on the backside from your bank with another fee to get your own money. So just uh, keep that in mind. Also, all prices there are negotiable. Pretty much everything, especially on Sundays. Because on Sundays, a lot of those booth vendors don't want to take all their stuff back with them and have to haul it back to the truck and etc. So sometimes if you offer a bundle price, hey, I'll take these fives, can you these five items, can you cut it down to this? And you'll see that they're a lot more flexible on Sundays. But just keep that in mind, all prices are negotiable. Some of the main booths with like say, you know, image and some of the larger booths that are more widely known and popular, they more than likely aren't going to budge. But some of the smaller vendors, keep in mind, they will sometimes come down a little something, especially when you got the cash in hand. Uh, number five about parking, usually park far from the venue because if you park really close, it's going to be really crowded, it's going to be really expensive. So just go early, be prepared, um, find some spots far away, find a meter, find somewhere that's free. Just I typically wear some seriously comfortable shoes and park really far so that I can save some dough there and again to spend it on the nerd goodies and also number six wear a backpack to avoid buying bags at the venue and having to carry large bags etc wear a comfortable backpack and that's sometimes a good barometer when your backpack is stuffed to the guild the gills that's your that's your cue to stop buying stuff maybe so I use it as a eh, I'm at my limit my backpack can no longer hold anything stuff is falling out of it so that's a good barometer number seven if you're going to go for the celebrity photo booths and photo opportunities meet and greets they can be extremely pricey I heard at Kamikaze Con Carrie Fisher of Star Wars is $75 so choose that very very wisely um, Here's another tip, plan on being at the con from open to close. You'll sometimes just see celebrities, comic book writers, artists just walking the show floor. So know some faces, spend a little time on the Kamikaze Con website, on sites like comic book resources, etc. Or just look up any comic you're reading, look up the artist, the writer, the inkist, the colorist, and just 
kind of be familiar with their face because next thing you know, you'll be walking around and there they are. You go, hey, um, Brian Posehn, who writes Deadpool, was at the last con. I was at Long Beach Comic Con just walking around. There he was. And I'm like, hey, buddy, I love Deadpool. Can I get an autograph? Boom. It happened right in a vendor booth. So fun stuff like that. Just just keep that in mind. Be ready with your, your camera, your phone, your autograph book, your sketchbook, whatever it may be. But feel it out. You know, sometimes those guys are a bit beat. You know, artists and writers and celebrities, etc. So sometimes it's just be in the moment, talk to them, and then just enjoy that 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 few minutes of saying hello and thank you and I appreciate your work, because that's ultimately what it ends up being. If you can find something interesting, find a nugget that would kind of surprise them is a great thing. So so do your homework, know some of your favorite people, and be ready. Also, uh, cosplayers love taking pictures with you most of the time. They're 99.9% very cool. So if you see some cosplayers, you're like, oh my gosh, that's the entire crew from Saga. There, there's the auto, there's the, there's the no cat. There, you know, you just got to be ready. And cosplayers usually love that, just posing for pictures. So be aware, be ready if you're into the cos, taking pictures with cosplayers, etc. Sometimes you can even selfie a picture of a celebrity, etc., near a booth so that it's just kind of you and them in the background. Um, so be aware. Security is aware of that sometimes, and they'll block you. So be careful of, of that. But if you want to get one and you're far enough away, usually it's not an issue. So number eight, the last day of the cons. I already went over that. That's right. Booth vendors are more open to bargain. And some other final tips. I like to do is walk the entire floor. I go every single aisle up and down just to get a complete lay of the nerd land. And that's just fun. Before you buy anything, just kind of walk the entire floor, each and every aisle. Um, Kamikaze Con, Long Beach Comic Con, uh, Wizard Con, any of the smaller ones, you're going you're gonna to walk the entire floor, depending on the crowd level, and, you know, half an hour to an hour, maybe tops, hour and a half, and try not to buy anything, just just walk through, just bust it out. And I find that, okay, I'm making mental notes of stop here later, stop there later, ooh, I want to buy this later, and you just kind of get a, a rhythm of how this is going to go and how it's going to move and how this herd of nerds, <laughs> the herd nerd, uh, and how that all works. Uh, try to stop at the artist booths I already told you that for art that really speaks to you and speak to writers you know and, and try to find out how they came up with ideas what 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 inspired them those are those are interesting questions to ask you know writers uh, what's your process for me that's always an interesting one the minutia of an artist and writer's process um, dress comfortable make sure you're wearing shoes that can go the distance uh, you'll be on your feet for long periods of time and it gets hot in there, so dress cool and wear some seriously road-ready shoes. And one of the last things I wrote here is avoid the Comic-Con crud. So this is uh, discussed from time to time that when you spend a lot of time at a Comic-Con, especially like an entire weekend, say Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or two days, and you're, you're fully there, you're dehydrating yourself, you're not eating, <laughs> and you're, you could potentially get this flu-like bug that hits you called the con crud. And it's not, not, not nice. It's a lot of throat pain and headaches, and they can even be flu-like symptoms. So be cautious of that by using hand sanitizer, washing your hands frequently. You'll eventually like build up an immunity to it when you've been to a bunch of them. But just be prepared to that. Bring some hand sanitizer. Just make a note to wash your hands frequently. There's a lot of, a lot of gross, gross uh, bacteria floating around there. So be cautious of the Comic-Con crud. And last and most importantly, 
is have fun. Just make sure you enjoy yourself. Come in with the right attitude. You're in the fortress of nerddom. You have to just enjoy yourself. So make sure you focus on that, Nancy, because ultimately you're spending a whole lot of money there. So make the best of it and have a good time. So there you go. That's the latest mailbag. Thanks for writing in, Nancy. And if you would like to, and Nancy's going to win a prize again for writing in. I just thought this was really compelling and I thought that it would be a nice piece of advice to give to listeners about going to a Comic-Con. If you haven't been to one, go to one. But anyway, if you'd like to win a prize for writing in, just write me, Chris, at sunspotscomics.com with a question, a concern, a recommendation, a whatever. Just uh, write in, and if I pick your email and discuss it on the show, you win a prize. And I mail it to you, and it's fun stuff. So that's the mailbag. And this week we have four comic book feel-good factoid freebies. And if you haven't heard what the heck that's about, ultimately it's uh, warm and fuzzy comic book-related articles. Things that just make me feel good, whether it's an experience, whether it's something up-and-coming in the world of comics, or just how comics have affected the world or community or environment in an interesting and unique way. So let's jump right into it. I have four this week. The first one's actually not an article. Um, It's just a day that happened, Back to the Future Day. I thought that was kind of interesting that the second episode of Back to the Future, which to me was kind of like the weakest of the three, I would say one is number one, three is number two, and two is number three. And But there is a date on Doc's panel on the Time Machine, DeLorean, of course, that shows the date that it happened. And it was kind of cool. The Puente Hills Mall, which I live across the street from, is where they filmed a lot of the Back to the Future movies right outside in the parking lot of the Pointing Hills Mall. And they had a DeLorean there. They had Doc Emmett, Brock, uh, Emmett Brown's science van. And they had it all cordoned off. They had a screening of the movies outside. And people were all just on their folding chairs. And it was just very cool. The sign out front said the Twin Pine Twin Pines Mall lit up and everything. It was it was very cool, very nostalgic, very just it just felt like you were cut right into a little moment of the movie. And I thought that was very cool. And it was an, just a nice community event, and you know celebrating this very beloved these motion pictures that are just so loved by people and it's just very cool the following of it and the feel of it and I did myself pop uh, all three movies in and just binged them and it holds up I tell you it's it's a little corny at moments 80s corny but it really holds up it's just a good piece of fun action packed cinema with uh, some twists and sci-fi time travel action and fun so that was just very cool that's my first out of four And the next one actually is an article, and of course I'll share all these articles on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook so you can see them. It comes from worthplaying.com, and it says, Lock and Key comic book series gets a video game adaptation. Now I tell you, a lot of comic book video games are extremely very good, and then there's a lot of them that are not so good. I'm really hoping this one is good because it's based on the Eisner Award-winning series from Joe Hill, Stephen King's son, and Gabriel Rodriguez, who his art is ridiculous. This is from IDW, and it looks like it's going into production, and it looks like it may be next year, mid-next year, they may uh, be starting production of it. So we probably won't see it till something like 
2018 or something, but I'm very excited about it. If you haven't read any Lock and Key, check it out. Crazy story about this house that has these crazy keys, and anytime you have a key in your hand and walk through a certain door, then strange things happen to you, from powers to strange experiences to you turn into a ghost and float around the room. Just all sorts of madness ensues. It's kind of a horror-slash-action. I know they're trying to adapt it into movies or a TV show or something. Uh, there's even a sort of finished trailer online. Check that out on YouTube, Lock and Key Trailer. But I'm very jazzed about that. And the third one is from DailySabah.com. This is interesting. Daily, it says uh, uh, DailySabah.com. Ottoman sultans brought back to life in a comic book. And this is looks like it's Turkish culture. It's the story of these important sultans that have heavy historical impact on the Turkish society. And this puts this historical storytelling in comic book format. It's beautifully il illustrated. It's just gorgeously done. There is, and I'm sorry in advance, the painter, artist, creator of this, Yüksel Akman. And he spent four years on, on putting this together with 16,000 pages of actual historical text, text. So this guy did his homework. He's sitting in this library with all these historical pamphlets, etc., and even comic books that are giving him inspiration. And I just think that we need more of this. Why don't we take some American history books and other countries and... You know, show it in this this media this this way in in our in comic book format. It looks gorgeous. It's fun. It would. He really is truly at the very end of this trying to inspire children and youth to learn Turkish long rooted history. And he feels that in this sort of beautifully done artistic medium, it will reach more people and people will see it. I mean, I, mean, I would. You look at a you have them side by side, a thousand page historical text. Or in this case, 16,000 pages. Or, hey, you have it encapsulated in this with beautiful art into a comic book. So I'm all about that. Bring it on. So very, very interesting. And the fourth and final comic book feel-good factoid freebie comes from IconVision.com. And it's highlighting a documentary coming out that I really want to see. It's about the rise of Image Comics. The Image Revolution documentary follows the birth of Image Comics, hits Blu-ray in January. And it, in a nutshell, talks about Todd McFarlane, Rob Liefeld, Jim Lee, Mark Silvestri, Eric Larson, Wills Portacio of the Filipinos, and Jim Valentino, who decided to defect from Marvel and start their own publishing uh, comic book house in uh, 1992 they quickly rose to rock star status uh, driving porsches living in multi-million dollar homes etc 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 and it came crashing down very quickly they went from best friends to like enemies very fast but thanks to robert kirkman and the walking dead etc he was able to salvage the company keep it going and build it into this mass media empire that's now the number three of the publishers behind the big two marvel and dc but Image is doing some amazing work. Most of my dollars are going to Image nowadays, and I have to see this documentary. It looks like it's coming out January 2016, and it's going to be called The Image Revolution. When they broke the mold, they started a revolution. I gotta, gotta see that. So there you go. Those are the four comic book feel-good factoid freebies. What the heck was that? I think that's my spider sense tingling. 
So yes, this week, three stories that articles that made my spider sense tingle. I love reading articles that brings the world of fiction and fantasy in the realm of comic books into potentially being a real life item of sorts. So here, check this out. The f- there's three of them. The first one is from geeksnack.com. I just dig the name of that. Titled, Bionic Arms Modeled on Popular Superheroes. So this robotics company specializes in bionic arms. They created the world's first kid-friendly prosthetic hands based on popular superheroes and movie characters. I'm looking at an Iron Man one, a Frozen one from Disney, and a Star Wars one, a Star Wars-inspired robotic arm. So this is very cool. Something horrible like a child losing their hand and arm. They have to put up with that and live their life with that. And now science finally is putting together some functional appendages and bringing together with fun fantasy things. I mean, that's just very cool, the two worlds coming together. They have some information here about CEO Joel uh, Gibbard, who is just taking very little profit, it looks like. It's... He's not setting it up as a non-profit, but it's, he's taking very little profit from it. It's basically using 3D printing technology. Gotta love that. I wonder if they just say, hey, here it is, print it from home. It even says that the Walt Disney Company has provided a royalty-free license for this. So pretty awesome that if you're going to build a bionic arm, the Disney Company, which has all the money, is actually not going to require any royalties from this. So they've allowed Marvel and Star Wars and the animated series, uh, animated series to be put onto these uh, these these bionic arms. So fantastic, very very cool. And why not uh, add a little something? Repulsor blast, ice Arctic blasts, laser lightsabers, laser swords, as George Lucas would call them, lightsabers. Why not? We're getting there, right? Who knows? <laughs> Well, anyway, I thought that was fun. That's cool. Second one that made my spider sense tingles from CBS News. This one says, real-life tractor beam levitates objects using sound waves. It may be straight out of Star Trek, straight out of Star Wars, but it has become a reality. This sonic tractor beam relies on precisely timed sequence of sound waves that create a region of low-pressure low pressures that traps tiny objects that can then be manipulated solely by sound waves. So it is, of course, in the smaller scale right now to levitate items, but they're getting to as large as, say, a glass of water. So the science is just, it's just a baby at this point. But can you imagine, flash, you know, step forward 10, 15 years and how this technology could potentially be even reversed engineered, they say, as a force field? Mm-hmm, Sue Storm, there you go. So I thought that was very, very cool. And the last one is from comicbook.com. Inventor creates hoverboard that looks like the Green Goblin glider. Holy crap, it does. Yes, this guy's actually hovering over water, and it just needs to be painted green, and he needs to throw a pumpkin bomb, and he'd be good to go. I'll send the link out. There's a guy, a Montreal inventor, Catalin Alexandru Duru, and he's flying around on this bad boy. It's remote control. It's like seven little helicopters strapped to a plate, and it very much looks like the Green Goblin glider. glider. So it's happening, folks. We're going to be seeing this guy with some crazy yellow eyes and a, and a green-like alien helmet with his, with his hackling and cowling and throwing pumpkin. It's going to happen. It, it's, it's just I know it. <laughs> well, there you go. There's the uh, three articles that made my spider sense tingle.
And now, without further ado, let's get into the top comic book, my favorite, picks of the week for a new comic book day, October 21st. And overall, there was 14 comic books, and four made the favorite picks. And interesting, of the number one bunch this week, new number ones, there were three. Only one of the new number ones made it to my top four picks. And one of them uh, was the Back to the Future, number one, which was actually written and plotted and scripted by Back to the Future creator, writer, Bob Gale. But I enjoyed it. I thought it was interesting. A little bit of uh, when Marty and Doc met. Uh, he's exp- Doc's talking to his kids about how they met. I thought uh, the uh, the art, unfortunately, was a, a bit lacking, but I'm, I want to tune into this because it was kind of an interesting story. So I'll definitely pick up number two and see where it goes from there. Cool that it came out on the actual, you know, Back to the Future Day. It was very cool, but didn't make that top pick. I think the, uh, the only little problem was maybe some of the art. But uh, also uh, the cover winner I've already hit up on Instagram was by Image Comics Empty Zone, Jason Sean Alexander. Empty Zone number five with the Gorilla with Goggles cover was definitely the art cover winner of the week. Gorgeous work he is doing there. If you haven't read Empty Zone, read it. It's gorgeous, gorgeous. And of course, spoiler alert, be prepared. I've read these comics. Try not to give like every single thing up on them, but I do spoil them pretty much. And just keep in mind, these are my recommendations. This is what I recommend you spend your hard-earned dollars on. I'm all about the paper comics. I'm all about buying them weekly. Please check out my poll list at sunspotscomics.com. You can see my actual monthly poll list that I have going now, which is just gigantic. And thank goodness that uh, some of them are monthly. This heck, like something like Headlopper is, is every three months. So it's kind of nice. And next week is actually another small week as well. Um, it's, I think it's going to be seven or eight. So anyway, these will be my recommendations. Go out and buy them. Put your eyes on them. They're good stuff. I've read them once, twice, sometimes three times. And this week, my top four picks are number four by Dark Horse Comics from Aaron Lopresti. Power Cubed. And this is just a flashback to the 90s. It is the color palette style, very bright, uh, a lot of oranges and greens. It has a just a flashback style to it. It's just has a very kind of action figure feel. It, it feels like Avengers. This cube that his father slash reveal here is an alien, father slash alien, who the alien race has come back to claim him and his technology that he's using on Earth. He makes this cube for his son uh, because he knows that the his people will pick him up and take him off the planet, uh, which I thought was smartly just smart. Like the way it's written here is just very quick, very quick-witted. A lot of a lot of comedy. It's hilarious. There's just so many little moments where this Black Widow-like character uh, is just flowing with the Spider-Man-esque quips. She's just got a great sense of humor. And this cube, basically anything you can think of, he can turn matter into something else. It's the limit. The only limit is his imagination. So he creates like an Iron Man giant robot that's just very official and says affirmative to everything. And he's just hilarious. The the Even the little sidekick that uh, he has, like this little metal sort of, it looks like a very kind of steampunky looking sidekick is uh, is just fun and humorous and he's definitely the the he's the smart aleck of the bunch 
and it's just a lot of fun. I just enjoyed myself with it. I smiled through the whole thing. I thought that it was definitely flashback to 90s looking, even from the cover. And he turns a staircase into a T-Rex. Yeah, that's right. So, very imaginative, very fun. Check out Power Cubed by Aaron Lopresti, Dark Horse Comics, number two. And my number three comic of the week was a brand new number one. This is the one that made it to the countdown from Vertigo Comics, you know, Vertigo slash DC Comics. Number one, Clean Room by the team of Simone Davis Hunt. And this is a crazy story, even to explain it as crazy, whereas there is a young child that sees dead people slash aliens. And she has this crazy experience as a young child where she's hit by a car and she doesn't see this moving red truck as a car. She sees it as this crazy red alien serpent larva monster scorpion thing. <laughs> and she has this traumatic experience where she is hit by the car and flashes forward to where she writes like a kind of like a like a book on this, like maybe a Scientology book about her experience in this place called the clean room. And then we go to a different character who sees these spirits or monsters, etc., and wants it to stop and tries to kill herself, but but doesn't, and is saved by a group of people. And she, it looks like, wants to just go right to the source of the, the, the younger kid that's now older that wrote this book about this clean room and find out about it and what it is and why why she has this ability and was it were they tested on? They sort of hint to maybe it was some sort of scientific testing. There's a moment where the character that tried to kill herself is sitting with the the woman that, you know, had the experience as a child and there's this this menacing pink alien with these crazy looking teeth and this chiseled jaw and like a venom-like tongue and all these tendrils that only she can see. And I'm it's definitely piqued my interest. It's 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 strong on the horror side. It has a dark sort of twisty kind of ominous edge to it and the the eyes the sort of anger in the eyes and the uh the different emotions expressed the facial expressions very well done hats off to the artist davis hunt here beautifully done so i will definitely be peeking in on this adding to the pull list number one made it to the top four very nice and the number two comic uh, is from marvel another number one uh called karnak from ellis warren ellis uh, Zafino and Brown. And this has a Sean Murphy sort of art style right off the bat. Um, scratchy lines. I, I dig it. Very dark. And it shows this character, Karnak, who has like kind of an all white painted face and these green lines. He's sort of monking it out. He's like a monk in a temple staring at a white wall. Just relaxing, chilling, doing his own thing. And then looks like uh, Agent Coulson needs Mr. Karnak. And his ability as an inhuman is to see the flaw in anything. So he can just kind of tap or touch or pull or twist or smack and it and devastation happens because he's able to see the, the prime weakness in everything. Kind of an interesting power. I don't think that he's bulletproof or can fly or anything like that. He just knows where to tap you, where to smack you. And they tell him that uh, Agent Coulson tells him we need some help. We've got this organization that's doing some bad stuff, so we need you to, you know, stop monking it. It's funny, he gives some some instructions to the other monks as he's leaving. 
uh, he, he says, don't forget to clean the bathrooms. <laughs> it's like uh, some real world uh, do your chores to the monks in this crazy temple. But it's a lot of fun. Warren Ellis writing, he definitely has some very smart dialogue here. And he, Karnak is of what nationality, I don't know. But Coulson knows how to particularly handle him. Because a if Coulson smiles at him, that's an insult. So they don't really reference where this is culturally coming from, or is it maybe even more uniquely if it's just an inhuman um, characteristic? So that that would that's even tapping on some even deeper writing, which I'm sure that's Warren Ellis's M.O. because he's the master. So that's my number two. That's the number one Karnak, and I'm definitely adding that to the pool. Warren Ellis, and the number one this week which I know it was uh, either on the topic or pick of the week last couple of weeks ago, is The Amazing Spider-Man number two. And written by Dan Slott, Cameron Coley on art, Smith and Gracia do the coloring and cover artist Alex Ross. Again, cover gorgeous. Just edged out by Empty Zone, but this will be my number two cover pick of the week. And it's just a lot of fun with Peter as a billionaire who owns 47 buildings all over the world he's in a board meeting where they're kind of giving him the riot act over some stuff that he's doing he's like i'm out he's just in this position of power but he's just like a like a mark zucker and elon musk he just seems to be this really smart genius that's maybe less of them and that he wants to really give his technology to the world and not overcharge for stuff and he has like an iWatch where he even references that yeah the iWatch isn't as sophisticated as my spider tech watch and he's in a he's in a, a spider submarine hovering over the a hover spider submarine awesome love the gadgets love the toys that's one thing I dig about Spider-Man over the years he even has a like a scuba suit I'm digging it all he's with Prowler and the only, I would say, little smidge of a minor is that the, the, the bad guys in this, the Zodiac team, seem a little throwaway. You can kind of see it, it moving, progressing rather quickly as to what's going to happen in this team. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they'll surprise me. Dan Slott uh, can sometimes do that as a writer. He's, he's a very twisty writer. But this shows that they're following after this Zodiac because he hit him with a spider tracer, but a new advanced spider tracer. I like the twist on that, too. They're like, it's not just the spider tracer that he built with $3 when he lived in in his aunt's basement. And him and Prowler are like, oh, okay, what was what did it cost you to make this one? And he's a well retail $49.99. So even their, their, the comedy written into this is done really well. The timing, the comedic timing is hard to do in comic books. And Mr. Slot, you pulled it off really well. And then they're diving, they're finding the Zodiac team, which I did kind of dig that they all have the Zodiac signs as their names, like there's a Cancer, and he, she, the main character references, hey, Cancer, and yeah, he's got a crab head, and a yin-yang, and yeah, and they all have like a, which looks like an H in the middle of their face, which makes you know kind of like a Hydra, but they're not, and it's just a lot of fun, they have a subplot, whereas they figured as much that once they get down to the evil zodiac layer under the ocean i just love when comics kind of have submarine adventures i don't know i'm a sucker for that but their subplot was that they figured that they have spider-man's iwatch technology and they're trying to hack into his system to steal all his technology and as soon as they break into this place they download all of his uh, information to all the zodiac locations and 
Prowler's like, oh, that's kind of a bummer, right? And, well, we need to get out of here. There's a self-destruct. Nicely written, Dan Slott. Little surprise that he knew that they would, the bad guys would download all the technology. He was using it to find all of their locations. So now it's like Nick Fury kicking in and let's get all these, let's, now we know all the locations of all the, the Zodiac, you know, evil layers. So we'll move in Team Alpha, Bravo, Delta. Charlie, Tango, etc. <laughs> so, just a lot of fun. Beautifully drawn. Cola art. Just the lines are so clean. The suit is gorgeous with the little green... Spider-Man's green eyes and the green neon-esque spider on his chest. And it's just confident in there happening Spider-Man. So a lot of Spider-Mans portray him as this... as just kind of a, a nut and kind of a... a just a, a poor jock. And he is portrayed properly in this as he is a he's a genius in the comic book world and spider-man is respected and taken serious and i just love that and i'm with that as long as they keep going on that theme so add it to your poll it's my number one pick of the week for october 21st and buy it immediately it's good stuff so thank you very much that is our show i hope you enjoyed it hope you had a good time please check out sunspotscomics.com that's the website where i put my poll list on there i put my top picks on there and just other fun stuff and articles even kind of starting to write my own little blog got a couple things on there and check out zombiedestroyers.com getting very close to getting that going and uh, it's going to be a webcomic it's going to be so much fun just about zombie destroyers actual got a team of people that have powers that their primary function is to destroy zombies so kind of cool and it's going to be fun and that's coming soon so thank you very much i hope you enjoyed the show and we'll check you out next week on issue number 26 coming out next week whereas uh, it's a smaller issue smaller set of comics only i think eight but it'll be a blast and thank you for tuning in and always don't forget to Two kings. Hey, Cage. Hey, how's it going? Good. Good. What are you, what are you doing? Oh God, I was just. I, was I just... love you. What'd you say? Said I love you, man. I just wanted to say it. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. It's awesome. It's fucking awesome. I mean. Uh... That's that's cool. You can you can say that. Don't you have something to say? No. Oh, I love. I mean, I uh, I like you. I like you too, dude. Whoa, whoa, like. <laughs> oh man. I'm glad I fucking did this test on you, the friendship test. What? No, man. What are you I, talking about? That, what, what, what happened before when I said I love you? That was a test. Because, man, I could have made a total ass of myself if I hadn't done this test on you. <laughs> Wait, you don't... Boy. You, you don't, don't... You really love me? Dude, listen. You fucking passed the test, okay? <sighs> but barely. You know what you got. Hey, what did I get? F plus. <laughs> Click. Thank you.